Welcome to Serially Hooked Star Wars. We're your hookers, Christian Rashad, and today we should be doing more. Some programming reminders. We have another weekly hook coming out. This time it's my turn. And next week, we're not going to be continuing talking about the Bad Batch on a weekly week to week basis. You never know. If something amazing and crazy happens on a week, we'll come back and talk about it. But the plan is we'll come at the end of the season and we'll recap the season as a whole. We just wanted to give you something to talk about with regards to the premiere. So I guess. Without further ado, these toys are meant to make you happy. Ooh, good quotes, good quotes. <laughs> so, Chris, how you uh, doing? What's going on in your life? We we haven't had a lot like a Chris life check in moment for a while. Oh, we're doing this on this show. <laughs> <laughs> specifically how are your upstairs neighbors uh they are gone which i'm very happy about because of the uh which is very on brand the very annoying child that had just been more and more throwing temper tantrums for hours and would scream and bang things and just it was a lot and yes, I'm very glad. I'm very happy to report that they are moving away or have moved already, which was the best Christmas present. Uh, they moved on the 23rd and I was just so happy. And now it's very quiet. I just hope that whoever comes next isn't as loud. Or specifically has children that are really loud. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I think when it comes to noise, I'm just annoyed at anyone. I, I don't discriminate when I'm annoyed at people for noise reasons. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's just very on brand for me to be like, oh, children. Yeah, I totally get it. Do you know the age of the child? Yeah, they're like three or four, I think. Something like that. Oh, interesting. Going through the terrible yeah. two is a little bit late. Yeah, 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 I think because they just started kindergarten last year. Um, yeah, so they must be around three. All right. Well, thank you for your weekly Chris Hates Children update. <laughs> <laughs> anytime, anytime. Very glad to talk about this ad nauseum. And I guess with that, we should talk about Star Wars. <laughs> Yay, about it, uh, about a show in which a child is the main character, basically um but i like omega so that's fine um, i was gonna ask yeah. so what is your omega child ranking like like what is your what is your place with regards to like how are you feeling about omega with her growth and where she's at right now and her like you know annoying levelness i don't think she's annoying at all uh you don't really you know you don't really see that much that she is a child uh, apart from how she is treated by others, but with a lot of the, she, it could just be her personality with some things that, uh, you know, people could say, okay, that's like very childlike, but might just be her personality. I think the most, uh, you know, the most obvious part of it is how she is treated, especially by Hunter, but uh, by the entire group, maybe apart from Rekka as sort of you know somebody who is not a fully fledged member of the team but i suppose they would uh they would have that opinion of anyone who had a civil somewhat civilian life before so 
maybe it's not even that she is a child. So yeah, I don't know. Um, she's fine. I I'm not annoyed by her at all. So and when it can, you know, uh, children on screen as well can be very annoying. So that's high praise for me, I suppose. <laughs> it's the best praise you can give. Mm. She's fine. <laughs> yeah, she's okay. I don't mind her. Uh, no, I actually like her. Uh, but yeah, what are your overall impressions for these first two episodes that have aired? My biggest thought was that this was a weird tone shift right after Andor. <laughs> right? Andor was so good from beginning to end. It took me a minute to be like, whoa, this is not on the same level. That's not to say that it's bad. And there are things that I didn't like about these couple episodes. I, I forgot how much I don't like Wrecker. I forgot how like like the, the humor doesn't hit half the time for maybe our generation. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But it I, I think the show, the first couple episodes, I actually overall liked them, right? I didn't think they were bad. I didn't think they were great. I think the best scene of them was at the very end of the se- of episode two. But oh, yeah. in general, like it was just, it took me a minute to be like, oh no, we're back to regular Star Wars now. We had Andor and now let's like <laughs> reconfigure our expectations again. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like my experience where I very quickly realized that oh yeah this is this is very different i kind of had the feeling when we were ranking all of the star wars properties as well because i just realized yeah bad batch is just somewhere in the middle and it's enjoyable but it's it's i think it's a very bingeable show that's why we're doing we're not really doing week to week coverage of it and it's just like a fun thing. It is not something that goes very deep, I would say. It has its moments, even in these two episodes. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. But overall, it's just like, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to watch. But it's not, I don't really expect that much from it, which uh, is both, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I agree there. There were some really nice moments in there, but overall it's just like, yeah, this is, this is just another one of these Star Wars shows. And yeah, so that's kind of, I guess we're on the same page with that. I think though, one thing to consider is I think, I I think the Star Wars show can get really good. I think Bad Bad has a potential Mm -hmm. to become like Clone Wars and then the ends of it will be really high and then rewarding you for watching year after year because you're seeing Omega grow. And I think Omega has not going to say she is going to be, but she has the potential to be like an Ahsoka type character, a character that we start to grow and love with time as we see her grow up in front of our eyes. Um, I think that there is like, and also all the different characters, like seeing their, like I, I, for there for a tiny, tiny second in this episode, in episode two in particular, I thought they might kill tech very tiny mm-hmm. second and then i realized immediately that was okay no this is star wars but yeah i found myself emotionally invested in tech so it's like it's, it's good enough like we are attached to the characters but when they start to grow up and and have like more serious themes i think the show can get to that gear and i think mm. we'll be rewarded for watching everything that's very interesting i'm not in i have never been emotionally invested in tech I think that's one of the issues I have with this show is that most of the uh, Bad Batch, if not all of them, are just 
kind of stereotypes and that's just not interesting to me that much so that's why i just treat it as like yeah this is just an action thing that happens to be a star wars thing as well i hope it gets as good as clone wars was in some respects but i'm not sure we'll see i hope i hope that omega is going to be uh, even coming close to ahsoka that'd be amazing but also yeah you mentioned with of course tech is not going to die that's something that really annoyed me maybe especially in contrast to andor where there there was just a ridiculous amount of blaster fire in these two episodes and we it was there was never a sense of danger because it was just yeah of the way it was just the tone of the the episode maybe the way it was kind of quote-unquote shot or anything like that it's just yeah nobody of them is going to die uh so what's kind of the point here like there are no stakes really and i just really dislike that in any sort of you know whether it's just plain action or or fantasy or science fiction or whatever it is it's just i don't like that and the the writing as well at some points was not that great we had a lot of repetitive things here repetitive statements and a lot of this like as you know bob stuff where there was one scene in particular where i think it was tech might have been echo said something oh yeah it's because blah 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 as in the in the situation he's he says it even though it's very clear that everybody else knows it so it's definitely stating stating it for the audience which you can do in a way that is not that obvious but I don't know. I just found myself kind of going like, oh, really? But yeah, I think the contrast, you know, coming coming to this from Andor is kind of unfair to the show maybe, but that's how a franchise works. You have to measure it up against each other. And if you've had one of the best, if not the best Star Wars thing ever just before that, then of course our opinions might be extra crit- critical of a show like this. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a fine show. I enjoy watching it. I think you say you, you enjoy watching it as well. We're not going to think about it much in, yeah. outside of the time we're watching it. And mm. uh, I'm just like, it'd be exciting to see what happens and how they go. And I think it'd be really cool. And I don't know if this is going to happen. But if, as you said, they built up these archetypes with these characters. And if they, over the season, start to break them down. And that would be a really cool mm. um, development. And uh, we'll see if that happens. I think that there's a couple things in these episodes. You can see kernels of breaking down bigger picture, um, what are they called? Uh, dichotomies, I guess. And, mm-hmm. and bringing out some nuance, especially with the old man um, on Serenia, which is kind of interesting. But um, uh, we can talk about that more in the details of the show. But I think that... Th- I mean, obviously, we know the minds behind this have something up their sleeve or they have the potential to create something good. Maybe not to the level of Andor, because as great as Dave Filoni is, nothing he's made has been as good as that. Um, but we'll see how things go moving forward. I'm I'm optimistic for the future of The Bad Batch, and I can't wait to talk about it later. But we have to go through each individual scene of these couple episodes. Is that all right, Chris? Absolutely. Let's do it. Let's dive in. So we talk about um, openings for television shows seasons quite often and, and how significant mm-hmm. they are. And this show drops us out of context 
into a beach scene where they're running away from a bunch of big crabs. Mm. Any initial thoughts about that choice? <laughs> I had, you know what it r- reminded me of? That scene in one of the later Pirates of the Caribbean movies when Jack Sparrow is running away from a lot of indigenous people. From like at, from some island or whatever. I don't know if you can if you <laughs> immediately know what I'm talking about. But he is also he has been ch- he's he is uh, being chased by like a lot of sort of Mesoamerican people with like blow darts and everything running around him, and he do- does the uh, you know the Jack Sparrow run or whatever. It might have been like the second or third movie. I'm not sure. They they after the really good first one they just kind of become a blur, but it's it just reminded me of that and it was I think just a kind of a reintroduction to the characters obviously and a kind of a fun start reminding us maybe that oh yeah this this is this type of show what what was your impression of of this opening. I'm so glad they didn't make them humanoids. <laughs> I'm so like, keep them as crabs, please. <laughs> like, yeah. that could have been really bad. Fun. Yeah, whatever. It's fine. I, I kind of like them kind of going right into it. Um, and we didn't really see them get back into hustling and getting stuff for Siv is her name. I forget her name. Mm-hmm. Um, like, we didn't really see them doing that at the end of last season. So it's kind of good to know where they are. Um, and it's cool to see Omega initially. We can see her 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 move set, if you want to call it, um, immediately on, on display for us. And we mm. kind of initially set up some of these interactions. Um, I, I, I immediately I was like, man, Wrecker is not my thing. Like Wrecker's there, <laughs> but Wrecker's kind of like the worst part of the show for me. Um, so mm. it's it, it's unfortunate, uh, but in the end, I think it, it was fine perfectly fine opening shows us the world again shows us omega and how she's become really proficient with the bow and arrow which apparently has unlimited ammo somehow i guess it's a laser bow and arrow (laughs) yeah so yeah overall fine and we get into the next scene where they actually go back to siv's hideout and i think we get some more interesting things so we get some talking some some uh, new characters uh, some uh, disagreement within the group and i wonder if that's foreshadowing Mm -hmm. for the future but um Mm. star of the scene AZ. AZ is back. <laughs> I was so happy. I love yeah. how he just introduces himself again. I'm just like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so cute. We know. I think that had slight C-3PO vibes in, in a good way, though, this time. Where I think, what was it? in? Oh, yeah, in the sequel. I think it was in the sequel trilogy where C-3PO... Uh, has this red arm it's like you might you i don't think you uh can recognize me but i'm c-3po i look completely different and i felt like az had that moment here as well i was like yeah i uh just just so you remember i mean obviously it's reintroducing the character to the audience but it kind of was a fun moment as well and i immediately lit up when i saw him on screen it was so great and kind of i don't know i guess a waiter is a good job for him in a way but I mean, you know, not really using his skills, but the skills he has, he can use here, his personality. And yeah, it's really interesting to, you know, explore the, the ten, not the tension maybe, because it's too early for that, but the 
kind of yeah misgivings in in between the group very interesting and really unfair of Civ obviously to kind of cause that and as we find out later there are very different reasons for each individual team member to agree to that uh proposition yeah i think i mean Civ is going to be an issue for them this season. Um, I also think that her introducing her trustworthy pirate friend, I'm just like, (laughs) that's not going to backfire. No way. (laughs) Obviously, (laughs) there's issues. Like, what's going on? Um, But yeah, I I really, I mean, I don't want to skip to when they're on the ship here, but I guess we can talk about everything before the heist as one scene. But Mm -hmm. I did really like the conversation between Echo and Hunter, where Echo is, 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 is like imploring him to do more and he's he's saying that we're talking about the responsibility of people with power and those who can make change and hunter is so focused on and on you know living a peaceful life for omega sick for her like future and obviously hunter is the most paternal of the of the four of them uh but it's really interesting just to see um their attention that way and i think that's where i think they're there could be something down the line because the question is what's best for Omega. And it did seem that, you know, Echo gave in a little bit in this episode, um, but that either it might be a red herring or something very specific to this specific job. Uh, I'm really interested to see, okay, what's going on here with Echo, but Echo, I, I just like, I like this type of conversation. This is a mature conversation between people who are, thinking about their actions in a reasonable way and what are the effects <laughs> of them on their individuals and their familial duty towards Omega and I guess the rest of the Bad Batch, but then their larger uh, responsibility to the wider galaxy. Yeah, and I think it's very, you know, it makes sense that it's Echo who says that because he is the one probably with the biggest picture or rather with the morals because he was just a regular uh, clone trooper at some time at some time and he kind of firsthand saw all of the innards and how everything worked and probably has a different view on order 66 and what happened afterwards than the rest of the team i suppose and so i think it's a great moment as well for his character to to you know see the bigger picture and say hey we need to do this because we you know we have some sort of power and we should fight against the empire in some way which is great but i i was also kind of laughing when you were saying uh about the paternal instincts and everything which is correct like everybody there cares about amiga in one way or another but it's just you know, they just take her on all of the missions and she is always in danger. <laughs> that's not very safe either. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I guess that's just the show. Uh, but yeah, definitely one of my highlights of these two episodes. For sure, for sure. Um, then we get to the heist. We get to Serenia, um, which apparently Dooku was like super, super rich. Like what? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it makes sense. <laughs> Um, they kept saying the word war chest, like it meant something really, but just like, yeah. 
it's just a basically a central bank for like his, his the separatist movement i assume more so like that but mm-hmm. holy crap um he was he was rich um yeah we then the, the team gets split up into two groups and i think we can kind of discuss their their journey separately if you want mm-hmm. um yeah. or or we can kind of go in any way that you choose chris no i think doing it separately makes a lot of sense uh so we have yeah. hunter and Rekka. And then the rest of the group. Let's start with Hunter and Wrecker. I think that makes more sense. Yeah, absolutely. So they're more the diversion. You know, obviously Hunter does the diversions and everything. And uh, Wrecker is just the first one out because he's the strongest. Where I also thought when he jumped out of that thing uh, with with the war chest, I thought, man, your knees, I know you're strong, but your knees aren't as strong <laughs> like how can you you might be able to carry that thing but there's no way you wouldn't injure yourself carrying something that heavy but anyway spoken like <laughs> a guy with real joint problems yes <laughs> absolutely uh yeah and they're just trying to you know every obviously the others get caught in the container and this were, or rather trapped and they tried to rescue them and it was there was this really interesting moment where they are jumping off the ship i mean i'm jumping forward here quite a bit but when they when as soon as the uh, transport has started like taken off and they're trying to rescue them and it doesn't work and then they jump off to the building and I, for a second, I thought, oh, this is going to be so interesting. Maybe this is a multi-episode arc of the team being split up. And what does that do? And it's not entirely false because they get reunited at some point. But it's still, I don't know. I think there's just the sense of urgency, obviously, with the ship leaving and everything. Then they have the shootout and yeah, it, it's just very interesting as well to to sort of see the different reactions of the different people you know what what was your impression of like their journey i was kind of hoping the the ship was going to go away completely and just like go into hyperspace and then there would be kind of like this hunt kind of like a grogu hunt (laughs) in a way Mm -hmm. um but in the end i think it was good um i you know i found the hunter wrecker stuff just like less interesting than the rest of it yeah um, because there wasn't much like emotion there or thoughts. It was just more like Hunter and Wrecker, you know, they're going to find their way to the ship. You know, they're going to get to them. That's okay. They're not going to be really the ones changed here because this this show revolves around, even though it's titled The Bad Batch, revolves around Omega. And mm-hmm. wherever she goes, I think the more interesting questions and conversations go as well. And as well with Echo, who in this episode is is realizing or reconciling or, kind of reconciling with this position of whether or not he wants to fight against the empire or he does want to, but how to fight against the empire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really have much for, for uh, Hunter and Wrecker. Um, but when it comes to um, the everybody else story, uh, I really found it interesting once they, they met the Serenian old man. And mm. I think that he was an inch. Every time, omega meets another person it's really interesting <laughs> to me and yeah. i the but from a big picture perspective what i really liked about this old man is the idea of um them being serenian before the separatists war before the mm-hmm. clone wars 
and how war clouts the image of a cut of like a, a country in our case, but a planet in their case, um, decades or, you know, decades after the conflict itself and retroactively changes the narrative for a given place um, in time. So I just found mm-hmm. this really interesting how, you know, it, it, it started to break down this binary of separatists, um, loyalists, uh, or even just like if we extrapolate it towards empire rebellion ideas and who was aligned, non-aligned and uh, the actors uh, who are living actually closest to those who struggle or no, living closest to the, I don't know, if you want to call Dooku the core of evil <laughs> or core of the antagonist, <laughs> I guess, it, are often suffer the most in this case. And it is the Serenians that we can see here by evidence that they're all gone are the ones who, you know, suffered the most. So I, I just found it interesting. I like this, the, the bigger picture question about bringing this old man into the story. And then obviously mm. the the interactions with Omega. And um, I'll, I'll take a pause here to let you speak before I go on another rant because <laughs> five minutes is okay, but maybe 10 minutes straight of my voice is not the best for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I really liked it as well. There was this one scene particularly between him and Tech. Uh, but, you know, exactly that scene you were talking about in which he says, yeah, you know, we were Karelians before the war. And you can see that there is this binary thinking in Tech because it's, oh yeah, I guess I guess that's right. But... Also, from a clone perspective, because none of them really have existed before the war. And so oh, I'm sure they have a hard time like conceptualizing something that happened before the war. Uh, so it's very interesting, you know, having somebody talk to them about some like some historical aspects that was like far from their like before their lifetime. And that was this really fun moment where, where I I almost expected Tech to say does not compute, <laughs> and but yeah, I mean he's like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. I haven't thought about it that way because how would he? He was trained to think in binaries of friend versus foe, or good versus evil, and all of his life has been. I mean, his he hasn't been living that long to begin with, but. You know, it's all about wars as well. And nuance isn't really there in wars, I suppose. Uh, So that was a really interesting moment, I thought. And yeah, we have a lot of more discussions and obviously the kaleidoscope toy. um, And... You can really see we kind of glanced over it with uh, the discussion. The one thing with Echo Hunter and Hunter's discussion is that we find out later that Omega listened uh, into this, and what that does to her is really devastating because yeah. she blames herself yeah. for everything and then is just dying to make it up for everyone and get as much loot as possible. Uh, which is why she's somewhat materialistic in the second episode. It's like, oh no, like really endangering herself and others to get as much treasure as possible. And yeah, that's 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 a scene that was really heart-wrenching as well when she opens up to Echo about it. 
and obviously we have the moment later on in the uh, when they're trying to get stuff out of there and it falls down and omega goes back and the double meaning of echo saying to her you have to let it go meaning yeah. both the treasure and you know the hurt from overhearing echo and hunter's discussion and you know her interpretation of that so that that was a really interesting moment in this in this episode for sure yeah i found this really the the most emotional thing about this episode and how sad of a childhood that is and and the thing is it's not that far from reality you know like children overhear things what their parents are talking and it really affects them forever and Mm. you can see this on omega's actions and as uh, so like earlier on when she's getting the toy from the old man and he's telling it's supposed to make her happy and obviously plays with it for a little bit then realizes it doesn't and why is that? And that's because she's holding on to this deep-seated insecurity about her position and her relationship to her family and how it's impacted them. So it is a, mm-hmm. a beautiful, heartbreaking story here. And I think it's when you're going to use children in a story, especially in their relationships with adults, I think it's this is, a, this is an effective lesson in how to do that and not make them just annoying little noisy brats that like, like physical humor in the background. I mean, yeah. I'm speaking to the – I'm preaching to the choir right now to you, Chris – but <laughs> yes. it's 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 about tapping into a raw emotionality that is is to many people a universal aspect of growing up and struggling and finding one's place in the world. So I thought it was this is like was really one of the best things of these two episodes. And you know, Omega is obviously the star of the show. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. see what happens to her moving forward. Okay. In my notes, I only have the last scene remaining. I don't know if there was anything before that you wanted to talk about. Nope. Easily the best scene of this entire two episode arc. Yeah. <laughs> Rampart literally killing it and the stormtrooper, uh, the stormtrooper as well. Uh, yeah. who He's trying to cover up that he made a mistake and that the Bad Batch is still alive. Uh, so he asks the uh, clone officer to falsify his report which after a little like a moment of deliberation the the officer refuses and rampart just shoots him and like pushes him off the precipice falling hundreds of meters down uh yeah very cold-blooded obviously very calculating but what a what a moment and what a way to end this uh this first batch of episodes yeah, I found it really, really impressive um, because we and we we've talked about in many shows about how to depict the evil of the empire, and this is a really not a small evil because he murders somebody, but it's an evil in the way that it perpetuates or it's being the empire perpetuates evil actions like this throughout its ranks, and in this mm. case, it it perpetuates his success, his being Rampart's success, so. I also found it interesting that I found through the first two episodes, they, they being the showrunners, depicted uh, Captain Wilco, who is the the nameless stormtrooper that you just forgot his name. Yeah. It's okay, um, as a, actually a quite um, smart commander. So he yeah. kind of in in the way that they reacted to him, he was actually ahead of the game. He wasn't your typical bumbling 
stormtrooper, clone trooper kind of person. So I thought to myself for a second, this is notable. Why are they projecting him as, projecting him as so good? Maybe he's going to join mm. the Bad Batch, maybe whatever. Maybe there's a longer story for him. But no, it turned out it was setting up his eventual demise in this heartbreaking fashion to his superior officer. So I found that yeah. to be really interesting. Uh, and that because it was like they sowed the seeds at the beginning of this or throughout the most of the couple episodes. And at the end, they paid it off with, um, you know, this Rampart Wilco interaction that, you know, I think is uh, is just a really way, as you said, a punctuation mark, an exclamation mark to uh, a good couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So any any feelings or, and hopes for this season that you that you have? I'm expecting them to like introduce someone to change up the dynamic within the Bad Batch a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder, is Crosshair dead? I'm not sure. I don't remember from the first season. Oh, I don't think so. I don't remember either. I don't think so either, yeah. Yeah, so I think he's going to come back at some point uh, and how that's going to interact as well. Uh, I assume Rex is going to come back too. He was in the first season. Uh, mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see that. And also, obviously, Omega's growth. Let's see Omega like yeah. become a bigger and stronger and smarter person. And it'd be exciting to see her continued uh, development. Yeah, I think there will be some civilian interaction with Omega that is really, and maybe the Bad Batch as a whole, that is really going to shape the team and the individual or individuals. And yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Crosser, I'm pretty sure I could see him coming back. The only issue I have with that is that we don't really have that many warm characters in the bad batch like echo i guess has his warm moments but and hunter hunter in a way is like you know he's very paternal in that way hunter we can disregard and tech is just like very cold and i feel like crosshair is very much like tech in a way that in terms of emotionality i suppose and emotional temperature if you want to continue (laughs) that metaphor but so from that point of view, I'd not like it, but I think it would make a lot of sense. Well, I didn't mean come back as in join the group. I meant come back oh, as in come back as their antagonist. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes more sense. I mean, either way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm 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 really curious about the uh, through line here. I'm pretty sure that the question of are we going to fight the Empire? And if so, how are we going to do this? Are we going to see some interaction with the nascent rebellion? Uh, stuff like that, I think, is going to be the through line here. But I also wonder what the emotional through line is going to be and the fate of Omega, particularly. I kind of hope one of them is going to die, which sounds weird, but just I just don't like it when you get the feeling, oh, Whatever happens, they're going to get out of it. I mean, we know that they're going to get out of it somehow because, you know, it's an ongoing show. But I don't know. I just I just want there to be more stakes. Maybe that's just not the tone of the show, the feeling of the show. And then, you know, it's just one that I'm less interested in. That's go- that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'm just curious what they're going to do with the characters as always. Well, I think it's also... Um, not a question of stakes in terms of life and death sometimes, but a question of think about it in terms of 
it could be many different things. Like as long as something changes for them in some way, shape or form, it doesn't have to be that they die. Say uh, like, you know, a prediction could be that Rex comes back and then Echo feels disillusioned by Hunter's leadership of the Bad Batch. So he decides to leave the Bad Batch. There is like proper stakes in there, like or about how they go living their lives and and these kinds of how do they find new jobs? Say Civ betrays them. What do they do? I find these kind of interesting Mm. things. I don't think it's all life and death, but um, it would be. Yeah, you. I when you're talking about stakes, I just don't want anyone to misinterpret. When you're talking about stakes, you mean not only life and death, but significant change and impact of the yeah. actions that they're do- doing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was talking about like the emotional through line and everything as well. So that always goes. That all goes together, because yeah, it's not. It's not. Uh, binary life and death. It's it's it has very many facets. It's like a kaleidoscope. As, yes. wow way to tie it back together to the episode uh anyway uh yeah that's pretty much it for me i don't know if you have anything else no that's about it uh thank you for listening and um thank you chris for talking to me about these first couple episodes of the bad batch we'll see you soon hopefully i mean definitely at the end of the season if something crazy happens if ahsoka shows up we're going to talk to you earlier than then. So um, yeah. hopefully, um, you know, I'm looking forward to a good episode of uh, a good season of television. And there's going to be much more on Seriously Hooked anyway. So you you won't be hearing us for the last time before the uh, the final episode about Bad Batch. Unless you're just here to, to listen to us talk about Star Wars. But even then, we might have something coming. So stay tuned. And with that, if you've enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And I guess for Chris, I'm Rashad. Talk to you next time. Bye.